love that grass on the Piccadilly Gardens, I do, <laughs> me, eh? I think that argument possibly fell down when you said people started growing beards eight years ago. <laughs> no, I think and, you and then you lost me from that point on. Yeah. <laughs> and within about 0.011 seconds, he'd stood up, ripped my button off my shirt and headbutted me. The natural wines, you know, oh, that smells like shit, it's really good. <laughs> Here, you can hear the sound of listeners dropping away. <laughs> Welcome to the first ever Confidential Podcast, recorded here at Federation House in Manchester City Centre. Right, it's the first in what we're hoping will become a long, very successful and potentially world-changing series covering everything Manchester, from pints to property, restaurants to no doubt roadworks and loads of stuff in between. You might like to think of this as a Manchester version of The One Show. Just instead of lovely Matt Baker and bubbly Alex Jones, we've got a grumpy ex-butcher from Salford. You might know him as restaurant critic Mark Gordo Garner. And confidential matriarch, trained chef and food writer Deanna Thomas, who is here to make sure we behave ourselves. Yeah? You happy is that, with that my line now? Yeah, you just say oh, something great. now. Great. Hello. <laughs> Mark, you want to say anything right now? Well... I want to know about... Hold on, not, we're not going into the pavements yet. I haven't finished the no. intro. Just say hello. I'm not going to go into the pavements yet. Is... I was going to go into funiculars, but in the meantime, you can go on with yourself for a bit more. Just say hello. Hello. There we go. Uh, also joining us, or not, uh, on this occasion for this pilot episode is everybody's favourite Labour councillor, Pat Carney. Um, except oh, wow. that is, <laughs> he's except either running, is he's either running, dropped. yeah, either he's, <laughs> he's running late or he's not here because he's on town hall business yeah. or as I did with Mark, tell him the wrong time. So he had to go for a pint, um, in beer keller on his own for an hour. Do you think one of us can get away with doing an impression of him? Pat Carney? Maybe, maybe not me. I'm terrible at impressions. Okay. Pat Carney is an easy impression of Pat there you Carney. Go. I love that grass on the Piccadilly Gardens. I do, me. <laughs> hey, hey, You've hey. never sounded more like yourself there. Yeah, you just sounded like yourself. <laughs> well, there you go. He's, uh, he loves Manchester Christmas markets as well, Gordo, which you're a big fan of. Anyway, uh, Pat's... Welcome, Pat, except that you're not here. It's lovely to have you here. Hello. Uh, Hi, Pat. <laughs> Sorry, I was just trying. What's that, Pat? I was just trying like Zippy from Rainbow. <laughs> Um, I'm David Blake. I'm the executive editor, which makes me sound a lot more important than I am, of The Confidentials, which is an online magazine, if you haven't heard of us, which started in Manchester 15 odd years ago, maybe longer. And has since 16 and three quarters. There you go, not that we're counting. It's since branched out to Liverpool, Leeds, and the top 100 restaurants in the Northwest, soon to be the North. And we also have an app, which I've been told to mention because that's how we make money. Uh, which has just surpassed 30,000 downloads, which apparently puts us above BBC Food in the Apple chart or something, which Mark hasn't mentioned. One number one in front of the BBC Good Food app and 20 in front of that wanker, the Italian chef that irritates me. What's his name? Gino? No, he irritates me, actually. What, what Italian chef. I did uh, a TV programme with him once. Chef versus Britain, I was Britain. Jamie. Oh, Jamie Oliver. He's not Italian. He's hey? just done an Italian well, book. Well, no, he pretends to be Italian. <laughs> Jamie Oliver. Anyway. He's about as Italian as you are. The point is that we're 20 ahead of Jamie, the yeah. chap who cooked Italian food. But I do quite like his, uh, his crab passe, to be fair to <laughs> the boy. I'm sure he'd be pleased about that. Mark, he started Confidential in 2003. Mm, was it? It was a mistake. 
Why did you start it? Uh, I started it because we do we were building then for after ten years or so um, websites for other people, mm. and I got the impression after a while because the you know the, it was like building Ferraris and none of them would take them out of the garage. So I thought bollocks this, I'll do one myself and show them all how to do it. And in fact, it was for the uh, Murdochs, as it happens. And uh, I was trying to sell the idea of uh, publishing the Times online for free. Anyway, when it started off, I wrote, the, uh, I wrote this piece by Gordo, which is uh, Spanish for fat bastard. And um, uh, it went what you would today call viral. And we went from 2,000 readers to 62,000 readers in two months. I thought, God, this publishing is easy. Let's get on with it. All you have to do is swear at people, be non-PC and fat. And what were you publishing back in 2003 that increased the audience from 200 to 63 million? Well, one of the things was there was a, a bar at the top of King Street which was called Chez Gerard. And it was a couple of pals of mine from London who were closing it down because it was doing no good. So I said, can I borrow it to do, uh, to do a, a little marketing trick not thought of and uh, he said what is it I said well I've sent this email out I've got 1,900 emails and it's going to say on the top line um, free steak and chips so I thought that would get people's attention and uh, the idea was of course that two people would go and want to get free steak and chips and it went bloody mental out of uh, short of 2,000 people we got 1,600 of them actually opening it and coming for dinner so that was the start of the whole thing of you lot getting emails with uh, with offers on them, and it was me. There you go. I'm a genius, marketing um, genius. If you if you haven't received an email, I, I write shit all the time as well. If you haven't received an email from us in the last fifteen years, you're one of three people in the northwest that hasn't. Or dead. <laughs> one or the other. Okay, good. Well, I was going to start by talking to Pat um, about Piccadilly Gardens. Have you got a fetish about Pat? <laughs> Don't Hello. tell him that. <laughs> is, that, is that supposed to be Irish as well? Gordo, he just shouts across when I'm walking across Piccadilly Garden piss. Gordo, you're a fat bastard, piss off. I know it's Pat, but I can't do the accent. <laughs> right, well, I was going to talk to him about Piccadilly Gardens because the council has set up a deal with LNG to transform it two years ago. Well, multi million. Well, oh, stop. Don't be having to go LNG. They might be coming punters shortly. <laughs> hey? You know that this podcast is supposed to be impartial of any commercial relationships. No, no, no. LNG stands for lead and uh, gyms. Not legal in general, the property people. Yeah, are okay, very well, nice. they, they pulled out of Piccadilly Garden, so anyway, it's still it's going to carry on being a shit off. And what, lead and gyms. Lead and gyms. Uh, so we're not going to talk about that. So I, I had a word of remark and I was like, well, we're not going to talk about Piccadilly Gardens because Pat's not here, so there's no point. So what really exciting, oh. current, pressing Manchester City Centre issue would you like to talk about, Mark? And he said... Pavements that grow overnight. <laughs> Pavements that grow overnight. Right, and okay. here you can hear the sound of listeners dropping away. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me put it to you, Dean's Gate. Now... In Manchester, we've been here for about 700 years. And ever since the Romans arrived, they built a fort at one end of the valley and a fort at the other. And what they then did was build the road in between so they could get from one fort to the other in a hurry. And that's been going on for 800 years. Now, it's called Deansgate. So one day, I'm driving my car up John Street, want to turn left, bugger me, the pavement's grown, and I can't turn left. Why? After 800 years, have they built these pavements out into the middle of the road? Well, there's one thing you can say it's traffic calming. I call it footwittery. 
Mm. I'm also interested, really, when I'm talking about growing pavements, is there's a man somewhere, or a lady, mm. let's not be... PC, you know, please, yeah, exactly. 2019. There's a person mm. who's woken up one morning and thought, do you know what I'm going to do today? I'm going to grow pavements. Mm. Now I want to know who that person is. And where his allotment is, his or her. Well, and, and that push-pedal bicycle that they've got, because obviously they don't drive fucking cars, do they? Because they'd realise that the main arterial route through the middle of Manchester doesn't need traffic calming you, person. Yes. Okay. So I want to know why you woke up that morning. And the next thing is, there's no point in me saying, and who was it who listened to you? Because I know Nobody it's Sir Richard's bloody lease. Now, Tricky Dicky is a pal of mine, as happens, he's a boozing pal. I won't tell you which pub we booze in because uh, it'll be embarrassing for him. But uh -huh. I know that he went for that hook, lad, and sinker because guess what Tricky Dicky doesn't do? Talk to you anymore? Drive motor cars. He rides bikes. So are we blaming Richard Lees for the growing of pavements? Well, I blame him for other things as well. I blame him for my bad knees. Yeah. You know, he's a good thing to blame <laughs> things on, Richard. Well, I'm pleased that we started with a, a coherent rant, um, setting the tone for the rest of the confidential podcast about pavements growing, which is really impossible to do. Um, I'll tell you the thing I don't like. Do you want to know? <laughs> Go on. Tripe. At this point, can I just jump in and ask, um, you don't like octopus either? Ah, no, not that I don't like octopus. I know that octopus are sentient beings. They um. think. Their, their body is a brain. This is where he goes old David Icke. What about pigs? Oh, no, did, let's do pigs then. I've slaughtered 8,000, no, 1,000 But they're myself. clever, you can did train 40 them. 40 of them with a knife. You Illegal, but we used to have a bit of a bet on a Friday afternoon when we were pissed at the slaughterhouse. Let's do that pig with a knife. So question for the day, is a pig more or less intelligent than an police? octopus? <laughs> well, call the I police? think a pig is please. quite intelligent, but it's not sentient. There's a different thing. What is it sentience, it, Mark? Sentience is where you actually sit and think about something. For example, if you're a diver and you're wandering around on the ocean floor mm. and you're near an octopus, um, it actually looks at you and it kind of goes, ooh, wonder who you are. And then it puts its tentacle out and just... Where? Careful it. now. Are you not married because you can't find a woman with eight arms? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I mean, I know, we're, what, what, 10, 10, 15 minutes to this? And I'm now, I'm now thinking that I should never have suggested it <laughs> all those times. <laughs> what? <laughs> that we should do a podcast. We've covered uh, growing pavements, stabbing pigs and marrying octopuses. <laughs> I, I mean, like it's, it's, it's got about as much to do with Manchester right now as, um, well, an octopus. Well, actually, I'm going to move, I'm gonna move, over, I'm gonna move over to Diana, who's probably the only um, professional, experienced broadcaster in the room. Um, you might know her from the NRB <laughs> Chef Live uh, demo stage and from that girl band you used to be in. Can I, can I just ask There's a question? There's no record of that anyway. <laughs> There's no record, that was a problem. You can't. <laughs> That's kind of an important part yes. of being a girl band. Um, Diana, you I, want I, to... I've got a very important question for Diana. Oh, we've, we've done me. Let's yeah, have we done Diana? Mark. Sorry, no, back no, to Mark. Should we name this Where the Gordo podcast? Where are you on serving water in... Um, in mugs. Uh, mugs, as opposed to glass. I'd just like to look at the lovely people who've had us into the podcast studio today in Federation House and who all brought, brought us all water because it's quite warm in this room. Thank you very much. It's fucking we, roasted. We appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Diana. Yes, hello. Now Ow. you're gonna you're gonna shut up, Pat. <laughs> Diana, you're gonna talk to us now. Come on, Pat, it's my turn. Now. You've got you've got thirty seconds before Mark starts going on about <laughs> that how, long. I don't how he think hates so. trees <laughs> or socks. Uh, right, Diana, you want to talk you, because you're um, you're confidential's food and drink editor extraordinaire. You want to talk <clears throat> about how to be a food and drink writer slash restaurant reviewer. How do you do it? Well, firstly, I'm getting over the disappointment of being dragged in here to talk about pavements because mm. I thought, obviously, this is going to be a food and drink podcast. <laughs> you did. You did. So I feel as though I've been brought here under false pretenses. You need and to I, leave I that think, to Tom Hetherington. I think you should let me um, edit this. I'll just edit all your bits out. We'll yeah, talk just about talk about food and I might drink. leave a bit of octopus in because that was, that was a little bit funny. But, um, yes, so I wanted to talk about what makes a food critic and what not to do and what to do. Okay. Because everyone thinks that they can write, I think. Everyone mm. thinks that they can criticise on paper and the uh, uprising of um, TripAdvisor has shown that mm. not everybody can. Mm. So uh, let's, let's... Firstly, I want to ask why... I think this is a question that most of our listener... I'm going to say listener rather than <laughs> listeners... <laughs> is going to want to know why do you write in the third person who is gordo you've explained about it means fat bastard in spanish Mm -hmm. why did you adopt it and why did you feel as though you needed an alter ego well um originally the idea was that we were going to have a person who is a caricature uh, to write about restaurants who nobody would know who he or she was when they walked in the restaurant. So that was the first thing we said we were going to set up this cartoon. Well, that's gone character. tits up. That's the <laughs> oh, yes, it, it went tits up very, very quickly. Especially when you when you march into the restaurant and declare yourself as yes, Gordo. Yes, I'm Gordo, I own the world. Um, so the, the first thing was, that was the first idea, but then it just, after two or three pieces, um, it, it just took the world over. Um, the but the key thing was that, uh, on a serious note for marketeers, I was looking for a USP. And uh, the USP for this guy was going to be that he wrote in the third person. Because all the food writers at the time were so far stuck up their own arses, it was just, you know, it's a joke. Um, oh, this was delicious, you know, and uh, oh, it's to die for and all this crap. So I thought, right, okay, let's just write in a, in, no, for number one, absolutely honestly, and number two, in such a way that irritates the pants off everybody. And you will know now after 16 years of walking in uh, our offices, what we do say about Mancon is that we are here to, um, um, to inform, educate, entertain, and irritate. Well done. Another round of applause there. Do you like that? You no, know, he usually gets that wrong. He forgets one of them. He's <laughs> <laughs> clearly not it's been it, drinking. You're lucky I know where the fuck I am at this time. It's, it's Wednesday. Actually, it's Wednesday I'm, at I'm 3 normal, o'clock. I'm, Why have you I'm, not I'm, been I'm drinking? Normal, I'm normally in the pub. Because you told me to be... In fact, you told me to be here at one bleeding 30. So I get here at one thirty. No, it's 2.30. The only reason I agreed to do it, because at one thirty for an hour and a half, I've been in the pub by three. Anyway, never okay. mind. Well, maybe we can get them to bring us a beer in a mug next time. Yeah. Did that answer your question for you, yeah, Madam? Yeah, I think Madam, so. Uh, so is there anything that you hate? Uh, well, there's loads of things you hate. And I'm sure you're going to tell, <laughs> us, tell us all about Richard them. Richard Lee's not keen on payments. Half an hour. Wait, Tribe. let me just finish my sentence. Loves about <laughs> when you read, is there a phrase that you hate? 
about food. Um, there's a number. It. I just say delicious. That's a banned word. Mm-hmm. It was to die for. That's a banned. Um, is that a word or a thing? Because I've only got one O level, listeners. What is your O level in, by the it's, way? Uh, English, uh, it's actually in the English language. No, language. it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> I call bollocks. <laughs> so all flowery terms like that, where you've got some 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 journalist that's been given the job uh, by the editor of Cheshire Live because they've done a good piece about somebody. You can go and do a food review because obviously you know about food because you eat toss pots. Anyway, whatever it is, uh, they're going, ooh, this dish was to die for. Um, mm-hmm. And the other thing is, my partner went for the lemon sole. What do you mean fucking went for the lemon? Where, where did he go for the lemon sole? All he did was ask for, can I have lemon sole, please? What do you mean went? Yeah, I'm kind of... What about opted for? Yeah, or opted, oh, I hate that. Opted for that. Plumbed, plumbed. that's another one. We plumbed, <laughs> we plumbed for... No, you picked it off the menu. Should have stopped swearing. Other things that we don't like popping up, because obviously we're absolutely perfect when it comes to restaurant <laughs> reviews, and everybody loves loves our restaurant Race. reviews, well, and I we're we brilliant. Could give some tips because everyone, you know, likes to think. Well, no, because if you give people tips, they'll start getting better, and then we yeah. won't be as relevant. No, I, don't I mean, think... with this podcast, I mean, we're getting increasingly less re- <laughs> less relevant as we go on. My grandfather, um, when uh, when I was about thirteen or fourteen, and he was explaining to me and three other cousins that, uh, hey, I bet you think you're going to university, don't you, lads? We all said, yeah. He says, you're not. You're getting into the butcher's shop because if you can learn to run a butcher's shop, you can learn to run your bloody life. And also you only had one O-level. And there you go. So that's why I've only got one O-level. I never went to university. Okay, Deanna Thomas's top three tips for being a restaurant critic. Well, you see, I don't have an ordered mind like that. I don't have have anything prepared as such. Okay. But I think... Number one, don't start by talking about the weather. There, there are do's and don'ts. There's too much information. I mean, when I when I speak to friends who are, you know, proper proper food critics and judges of all kinds of things, <laughs> they say, right, go in, choose the signature dish of the restaurant. What they say it is or something that's a little bit complicated. So mm. I think that's that's a good place to start mm-hmm. if you're going to write about it. You need to test test a little bit. Don't go into too much detail. I mean, as you said, I do have kind of a bit of kitchen experience, so I could talk about spices and peeling things, and no one's that interested. I think entertainment is the first port of call. You know, it's a piece of writing, got to entertain, got to be funny, but not at someone's expense. This is someone's business. So, you know, with being, with criticism comes Mm. responsibility. Uh, of Ooh. course. I think of I've course. accidentally given Ooh. top three tips there. So who taught, Mark, somebody quite famous taught you to write restaurant reviews. So we have them to blame. Who was it? Name Drew, and shame. Drew Smith, the editor of the Good Food Guide. We used to publish books together, weirdly, in the mid-90s. Uh, what kind of books? Technical technical food books. Um, and uh, it was a long story, a long time ago. But anyway, Drew was, was the famous editor of the Good Food Guide because he was about to go under probably in the early 80s. And Drew came along and refreshed the whole thing. And he was a bit of a rock and roll interview. And he broke um, people like Marco Pierre White and whatnot. And uh, one of the things he used to do, which we don't, I mean, I've never had the, the balls to do it, is uh, he'd just walk in the restaurant and order six starters. And he said, we now call them small plates. He said, uh, we now call them small plates. But he just say, you know, if, if they can't get the starters right, they're doomed. Um, but also, you know, the, the other thing he used to do, if you were going to have a main course, order, always order a main course you don't like. And a good chef will make you like it. Which brings us back to tripe, everybody. Tripe. Restaurateurs are going to have that ready well, for still, you. I've still not found the chef good enough to make tripe. 
do you, wonderful. Do you remember your first ever restaurant review? Uh, crikey. Crikey, crikey, crikey. What's the angriest that somebody's been with you about a restaurant review? Oh, um, <laughs> the lad who's now a butcher in, uh, in uh, Didsbury. Um, he had the restaurants on top of Urbis. What's his name? Um, Le Mans. Le Mans. Le Mans. Le Mans. Le Mans. Who's the Le well, let's not name him. He's a butcher. No, no, no he's a, no, we have a laugh about it now. But um, he, I went and, and, and uh, did Le Mans, and uh, I said something rude about it, and uh, fine, wrote the thing. Anyway, the next, the next day after, one of the girls on, uh, on the reception, who was a nice young lady from a posh family out in mid-Cheshire, uh, came in the office. She said, there's a, there's a person on the phone and I think he's talking about you. I said, well, why? He said, well, I can't say. I said, well, what do you mean? How do you know he's talking about me? And some wag behind me said, because he's called you a <laughs> So I was Can like, we, do well, we have the bleep option? So, uh, we do, we can bleep that, is, good. The next thing is, uh, this raging lunatic comes on and he said, what he's going to do to me uh, was wait for me outside my back garden one night when it's dark and he's gonna do me with a carving knife. Mm. That's very nice. That'll learn you for saying, I'd say, well, all those pigs. Yes, exactly. Uh, but karma, I thought this karma. is obviously pig a karma. chef who knows how to do PR to get, you know, the the press on his side. Yeah. Uh, but he was he was uh, you know he, he went potty. The other lad had a fight with him in Selfridges. What was he? Mm. Was he posh fight? Uh, it was a bit it was a bit gritty, uh, as it happens, and it was. Um, Have you ever had a fight over a restaurant review? It just uh, physical fight. David. No, David. I haven't. However, who's got eighteen whatever it is up in Whitefield? Gale. Gale. David Gale. Pal now. Of good, course, good guy. We like David. Yeah, no, David. David's good, but it was a proper. I was on the escalator going down. He was coming up. He took a swing at me. <laughs> nice. Well, I think no, another I was a bit, tip. I was a bit lively sixteen years ago. Another so tip wasn't getting away with would it. be if you are going to criticise, you have to be prepared to take criticism yourself. Mm. If you can't like it, take no. it, don't no. give it. No, I can't take it, but I like giving it. Have you? I, I've been headbutted by a chef. Oh, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> I remember, remember that one. <laughs> I do. It was following a Manchester Food and Drink Festival Awards. Um, he worked, I won't name him, he worked at Manchester House and he was a little bit worse for wear and he nearly knocked my partner, now my wife, to the floor. Mm. So being the the uh, hero. knight in shite yeah the hero I let her marched over listen here son and within about 0.011 seconds he'd stood up ripped my button off my shirt and headbutted me and then all all hell broke loose <laughs> and I tell you if they hadn't if they hadn't held me back laughing, yeah. we do have <laughs> no, a collection I mean, no. of, of insults we do like yeah, he had we a do. little wee yeah, yeah. Um, been called all sorts I of bled things. I bled um, I'd be ripped buttons from my shirt. In fact, I sent them a bill for my shirt. Oh my they never God. paid. Living Shoot Ventures. Me <laughs> you owe me. Yeah. Well, wouldn't they you follow me 30 up? Quid. Wouldn't they follow it up with? And how clean do you find your shirt, sir? You know, and lots of questions about your shirt. Uh, yeah. Some questions before you've even put it on. Questions. You enjoy your shirt. Mm. I haven't put it on yet. Let uh, me tell you about the shirt. Diana, your favourite. We did. We collected together some of our favourite uh, insults. For our writers, didn't yes, we? Yes, yes. One yes. of us, I think My Jonathan. My favourite was, was when somebody called Jonathan a shitty little food writer. Yeah, that was I a good I think one. he had uh, T-shirts printed with yeah. that on. For I a think bit. he's got that on his Twitter bio. Yes, he, he was quite proud of that.
So I have got two alternative titles for our God, Diana, please, please talk sense to us. I think one is 10 Things That Gordo Hates. Yeah. And, uh, well, we've done that. Also, no, 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 just like, you know, the title so people yeah. can know what to expect. Right. And also, uh, this is not a vegan-friendly podcast. <laughs> oh, he's on the phone again. Turn it off. This is not a vegan-friendly podcast. Correct. Um, except when we do the Veganuary special, in which you're not getting invited, Gordo. <laughs> oh, dear God, I'm going to slip my wrist. Oh, oh but you Please had some vegan Sorry. food today. Ooh, that surprised me. I'm there you to go. Tell you. It was, uh, Every time you have vegan food, you are surprised because it's not, they eat well. Well, quite a lot of times I have vegan food. I just think, you know, the world's full of footwits. But every now and again, mm. I get vegan food, which is actually cooked very well. And I have to say, because I'm going to give them a, a, a G up on this podcast. Three but, squared. Uh, three squared. So Google, three numeral and squared Manchester. And you'll come up with uh, two extremely healthy looking individuals. I didn't like standing next to either of them, to be honest with you, because I looked old and fucked, which I'm not, obviously. You're a good I'm advert old. for veganism. At 40 <laughs> years of age, I am today, and I'm a picture of health. So, anyway, they did this kind of beetroot, halloumi, squishy, not that, what's it called? Hummus. Hummus. Mm. With some nice. That's Manchester's fresh... premier it's food no, writer, no, hummus not and halloumi. Because that's not no, vegan. That's cheese, isn't it? So, anyway. But, <laughs> that's you know, cheese, isn't it? That's what we'll call the podcast. That's Listen, cheese, isn't it? Can you let the dog see the rabbit for a minute? So, I ate it. Bloody fantastic, to be fair. So, Take yes, very impressed with those two. They can come in the office again. But I remember when we went to a well known Middle Eastern chain restaurant My food and drink and Everyone. we had a load of meze and i said to you do you realize that all of these things that we're eating and enjoying are all vegan and there was hummus and there was stuff vine leaves and there was <coughs> apple and all sorts of things yeah. and you were very surprised they eat very well, well this is this is um this is typical isn't it that uh, they can't bloody tell the truth about themselves they put themselves on the plate the cook they sit there winking at you going go on i'm a lamb job and you look at you really a lamb chop? I said, yeah, I'm a lamb chop, come and try me. And then they get you to eat themselves, the shifty buggers. They've got squinty little eyes, vegans, haven't they? And they like pinching little children, you know, liars. So what wow. non Is anyone in the room a vegan? No, thank God for what, that. What non-food and drink subjects would you like to discuss? <laughs> now we've got five minutes left, I'll let you. Oh, five minutes, Jesus. Um, <laughs> Actually, I'm mean, complaining about food and drink. I did want to ask Mark one last thing about food and drink. Yes. Because he really, this, this is something he really, really loves at the moment. <laughs> When's the last time you drank some natural wine? Oh, my God. I can't Wait, get, the, get the sensor noise ready. <laughs> the air's going to go blue. Yeah, get your finger on the bleep button. Right, OK. How many beards have we got in here? Oh, only one, thank God. Oh, two. That's just mine. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Diana. Diana usually shaves before work. Well, I can talk about this uh, forever. Natural Please wines. Don't. Natural wines. Let me explain to you about growing, cultivating, making wine. Should we just explain what it's natural wine art. is? For... No, 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 no. Let me finish now. You've asked me the question. Okay. So the, the guys who own the vines since Roman times have bit by bit by bit um, polished their art. It's got to be called an art sometimes because you know the, the wines are amazing when they when they're really good. And suddenly, in the last eight years, two things have happened. People have grown beards, 
and uh, become winemakers. And the two things seem to have gone, right, let's, because I've got a beard, let's go back 380 years, for example, and just throw them in, in near, well, in fact, clay vats they were at the time, not concrete, but today it's concrete. They throw all the stuff in, jump up and down on the grapes, squeeze it out and go, after it's fermented a bit, say, oh, here it is, it's natural. Oh, natural, natural, we like natural, natural beards. And natural and natural and beards. And uh, they say, oh, and the next thing is they bottle it, and then they give it to some fuckwits with beards who go, oh my God, this is fantastic. And then what you got is natural wine. Now you can tell natural wine for the simple reason, not really, yeah, the simple thing. It smells like human feces. Mm-hmm. Right, That's okay. the, now, whereas a very good Pinot Noir, for example, from we Burgundy, talk about uh, you know, Von Romanet, uh, by the Trappe family, um, has this aroma of actually sweet bubblegum on it. The natural wines go, well, that smells like shit, it's really good. <laughs> I have to admit, they, they don't smell good. <laughs> they bloody don't smell Remember that one we had in Leeds? Yeah, they're kind I mean, of usually orange with floaty. It kind of looks a little bit like mucus floating, floating yes, around yeah, it. It's very trendy. Little bits of turd. So the, the natural wine movement is a, a reaction to the over-processing of wine. It's, 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 it's fashion. At the end of the day, uh, it's just fashion, and fashion comes and goes. I think that argument. I think that argument possibly fell down when you said people started growing beards eight years ago. <laughs> No, I think it's too lost me from that point onwards. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't, did the beards fa- go in the wine? It became a lost... fashion item, didn't it? Okay. Sorry about that. Anyway, now so, listen, people out there with beards, I don't hate you all, just most of you. I mean, we our social media manager sat over there, Hayden, who's here to live stream or, or something like that. I mean, he's got a beard um, and he looks like he's about to cry. No, he's all right, Hayden. He's not a bad lad, really. Good. Yeah, he Clear can have a not. pint. He's got a lovely missus and everything. <laughs> right. And great. he doesn't love natural wine as it happens. Let's just uh, let's just stop stop breaking the podcast because Martin's over there flashing a, a thing at me. Uh, flashing. <laughs> Put it away, Martin. <laughs> Put it away. He wants us. He wants us. We've mentioned we've mentioned the app. What's that say? What is the app? How do I sign up? Yeah, yeah we talked about the what app. It's it? the most it? it's the most downloaded app in food and drink app history, I believe. That's it's my better. Boy. <laughs> it's got That's more the boy. It's got more da- more downloads than that Italian chef Jamie Oliver. <laughs> um, and more than Gino uh, Mark's mate DeCampo. Now then, the app. Mark, what is the app? What does it do? Uh, the app is a um, electronic um, voucher. The app is delivery. electronic. Great start. <laughs> eh? Electronic. Um, no, it, it delivers. Uh, we, we have restaurants who uh, uh, who offer. Um, a, 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 oh, let me think about this. A limited number of uh, deals. I mean, limited. It's not kind of uh, group wow stuff. And uh, they say, okay, we'll give 140 of your readers a half price. <laughs> Dinner, because we love you. So you come in, you buy a voucher for half price. So if it should be 100 quid, you get it for 50 quid. And you put it on your phone, and uh, your phone, your electronic phone. And uh, <laughs> you go in the restaurant, you give it that, you get the bill, give them the phone, you go, whoom, bang, and you got 50 quid knocked off your bill. What's the matter with that? I mean, it's a bloody good Easy. deal. Who have we got Easy. on there at the moment? Easy. Who's the oh, bestest? We've got, um, we've, got, um, we've got the secret restaurant. 
Right? <laughs> don't, don't tell people what it is. <laughs> yeah, don't tell, tell people you. what it is. Hey, 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 hey. Right, let me tell you that. So I'm, just, I'm just opening up the electronic app. And, uh, Such a digital native. I know. What we've got, the first thing up here is Scene. Actually, Scene's bloody good uh, Indian scene restaurant. Scene in Spinning Fields Indian restaurant. That's yeah. on there. It's, it's great. So Martin, you, have you, we talked about the app enough yet? Pound, £50 voucher for £25 at Scene. Yeah. Um, He's now holding up a sign going, please stop talking <laughs> about the app. God, why did I bring up the app? <laughs> good. So we're finishing now because... Um, yeah, let's... I mean, uh, I'm really... <laughs> Mark wants to go for a beer. Uh, hopefully, he'll tell us some more stories. Um, so, I mean, thank you for listening. Um, the one person that still is. Uh, we didn't want this to be uh, uh, just Mark telling food and drink stories. We didn't want it to really be just a food and drink um, podcast. But hope that's you enjoyed different... the segments about pavements. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like them pavements, Richard. Have you gathered that now? So there we go. That's it. Well, thank you for sticking with us. If you have. Well done. We'll send you a voucher to congratulate you for managing to get all the way through. Mark, any final words? Um, Good, thank you. Diana, any final words? Be safe out there. Mm. <laughs> I'm sorry about the uh, pigs. Sorry to the pigs. Uh, sorry to the pigs. Beautiful way to end the podcast. Thank you very much, and we'll see you next time. If we're, there is a next time, it's probably not going to be, actually. I think, I think we might be banned from this studio. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>